I keep you keep like freezing on the audio once in a while, so I don't know if I was I responding know. to you in a normal way. But we're, we're I think we're okay. But um, <laughs> we'll be good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with John Hines. Hey there. And it's just the two of us this week. I had to catch myself. I was like, I got to stop saying, I think every time we've ever done like a duo episode, I'm like, and you're stuck with just the two of us every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think even on like the save it for the cast intros half the time I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, I got to I gotta not do that once on one of these intros, not be like a total robot autopilot or whatever. Um, but yeah, just the two of us this week, Randall's, uh, uh, getting some family time in, which is, uh, always good. I think some pretty extended family time. I feel like they've been hanging for a while, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, John and I have a bunch of games to dig into as always. And we got a game right off the bat that we've both been playing. I've been playing quite a bit of, especially because I've been, uh, traveling back and forth to Michigan, both for, uh, getting ready to move back to Michigan. And then also, uh, unfortunately my aunt passed away recently. So I, in a good way, like or to, on the bright side, I was able to take an extra load of stuff home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, I'm not going to take my switch home with me. I just like, it's, I'm not going to pack everything up. Uh, I took my 3ds home with me. I actually got started a little bit on, uh, uh, Zelda link between worlds. I'll save that for another time. Cause I only played about like the first, uh, probably not even an hour, which is hilarious. Oh, wow. Cause that, uh, I got I, I maybe like an hour at or most it was it was actually kind of great to just get right into a Zelda game like pretty quickly like there was like I mean there was like an opening cutscene and stuff but pretty pretty brief especially for a Zelda game and like because it's top down style you just kind of get right into it and I was like okay I'm I'm all about this and uh I, I was cracking up though I number one I didn't realize that game's almost 10 years old now already oh god it was like copyright 2013 and I was like what have I really been waiting oh, this long god. to play this game um but uh shoot what was I just gonna say about uh the game okay. oh yeah I was gonna uh but like took took me back to like the Wii era of uh Nintendo and stuff because even I like I said I probably haven't even played an hour of the game and it was like hey you've been playing for quite a while maybe you mm. should take a break and I was like man I feel like Nintendo's uh, pumped the brakes on that a little bit they still throw stuff like that in there maybe if you're playing like Ring Fit Adventure or yeah something, that's the but- only game that kept came to mind when I was thinking about that yeah, maybe like Wii Sports, or not Wii Sports, but the new Switch Sports or whatever. Like, I, they still do it here and there. Or like, hey, t- you know, you've been, pl- take a break or take turns. or I don't know. They do stuff like that here and there, but it was just hilarious. I was like, I, I'm not even done, like, really <laughs> with the opening sequence of this game, I feel. Right. And yet I'm uh, getting told to take a break already. But anyways, um, uh, that said, I had, didn't play a ton of that, but the 3DS was the only thing I brought with me. But... I did have my phone with me, and uh, I think I said recently, uh, we mentioned Point P on the podcast, which is the newest game from the uh, Downwell developer. I think we just briefly mentioned it when we were talking about Into the Breach, uh, mm-hmm. because that came to Netflix, and I think I just mentioned, I think, that same fact, like, oh, and yeah, there's another game on Netflix from the Downwell developer, and I think I said something to the effect of, oh, but I'm probably not going to ever play it, because I don't have a Netflix 
account or whatever. And then I was like, oh, but my sister has a Netflix account. Yeah. So I texted her, got her login information, logged in as my mom <laughs> and uh, started playing some point P. Um, I don't know why I felt like I shouldn't use her actual main account. I should use one of these extra users or whatever. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I started playing some point P and I've been pretty hooked. I've actually been playing it like even when I've not been traveling, I've been like back and like, oh, you know what? I'm not I'm like either have a podcast playing on my phone or have you know, doing something else, like little breaks in between packing, like, oh, I'm just throwing something on in the background and I'm just playing some point P and I've been playing, I've probably played like four or five, maybe even six hours at this point. Uh, and I'm pretty hooked. I mean, I really enjoy almost, I have a lot of gripes, so I'm going to dance around some nitpicks, but for the most part, it's, I mean, it's really fun. Somebody right away when the game was announced or came out, I can't remember if it was, if that happened at the same time or not, but somebody's like, oh shit, the Downwell developer really just went and made Upwell. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, it's a, it's There's still gravity that goes down, but you are, the progression is up. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, it's a totally different kind of mechanics in the sense of like, it's all about like, kind of like, it's more of like a hop and bop platformer, whereas like Downwell really kind of feels like a, it's a platformer, but it's like really a shmup at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like a, pretty much a lot of the things that like I love about Downwell are a lot of the things that are like kind of just bugging me about Point P. Like as much as I'm loving the gameplay, I'm really and I'm I'm, I, I'm finding it really interesting, too, because like a lot of people have been saying and I, I it's I was just even saying in the discord, uh, one of our buddies, uh, Commodore Fez, was saying like sent like a really long thing of like, oh, I really love how it works. Like like just sent like a bunch of points. And I was like, sent a really long thing being like, oh, I disagree on this and this and this. And I was like. And I hope it doesn't sound like I'm like being super argumentative or like dismissive. Like I, I love that people have different opinions. I have a feeling that you're. I even said I was like I have a feeling John's gonna like kind of agree with a lot of what you're saying. But mm-hmm. like for me, what I love about Downwell is like on the very first time you play Downwell. I mean, you're not gonna be. You're probably not gonna be good enough at it to beat the game on your first try. But you, you have all the tools there. Yes. To essentially beat the game on your first try. Where like I was playing Point P and like. For, you start out with like essentially one jump and, and the gameplay works really well on mobile. It's like uh, kind of like essentially like a one button, like you can kind of just put your thumb anywhere or anywhere. It doesn't have to be your thumb, but you touch anywhere on the screen and then kind of like drag back almost like kind of like Angry Birds style, like drag back in the opposite direction that you'd want to like fling your jump. And then there's like a good like kind of like almost like a golf arc shot meter that like shows like shows your trajectory where you're going to bounce off the wall shows a pretty good time as well yeah and there's a bunch of different buffs like one of the first buffs you get is like this elephant or something and it's like i think it's like unlimited slow-mo time uh while you're like holding down the like jump fling and at first i was like okay cool you're gonna unlock a bunch of different buffs and you have one buff slot that you can use but like now that i've played for four five six hours or whatever I've unlocked, I have, I think, up to four, either three or four buff slots now, and then I have, I think, six jumps. Like, when I unlocked the third jump, I thought, like, okay, you're probably going to have a triple jump, and that's, like, max, and then even one of the buffs is an extra jump, so, like, I technically could have seven jumps right now. I feel like I have enough right now where I'm like, I don't even need to use that buff anymore. I was using it at first, Mm -hmm. but... That's kind of my gripe about the game. I just feel like the the way the progression works, like at, at this point, now that I have the jumps I have, like the way you basically like rank up your combos, you like have to collect fruit on the stage. And like as you get further, you have to actually even like dodge certain fruits. They'll be like j- just a combo that you have to essentially get. But then you can stack up even more than that. Like if you get like the two blueberries you need, like at first you really just need to get like one blueberry or one cherry or whatever. Um, I don't think it's a cherry, whatever the red fruit is, tomato, yeah, blue fruit, red fruit. 
Yeah. But uh, you grab those and then like for every extra one you grab. So now that so, for example, like right at the off the bat, when you have one or two jumps at the start, I think you just have the one. It's obviously you're only going to be able to get that like one fruit or maybe you can get like one extra. Now I'm able to like get a combo that literally shoots me through like the first two zones and like one combo right off the bat because I'm able to like collect such, with seven jumps. I'm able to just be like, boom, boom, boom. And it like cranks me up to rank like 10 or 12 right on the first combo. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't necessarily shoot you right to the next zone, but it's like, I just feel like the progression just is really like if this game wasn't designed around being a mobile game, which it's very thought done very thoughtfully and very well in that regard, both around this like kind of grindy structure. If it is just going to be, Hey, I'm just playing this game on my commute every day, or I'm playing this game. Yeah in the morning while I'm sipping on my coffee or I'm just like playing it casually here and there. But like as a game where I'm like, cause even like I was kind of like get not getting annoyed, but like a lot of people were saying like, Oh, but the, like you got to admit the game's like definitely like perfectly does like ideally designed to be on mobile. And I'm like, I got to disagree with you there. I still would <laughs> rather play it with the game pad. Like, cause I, I feel like it would, it could work great in a couple different ways. You could either just, you could even you could have it play like without even pushing a button and you just like flick the joystick in the direction, like just kind of like the same way you pull just the same way you push it down and then pull back in the direction that you want to fling the character like slingshot style. Yeah. But you could also do it where you like press a face button and then aim and then release the face button to launch your character. Like I feel like it, there's just plenty of ways it would work great with a controller, too. So I'm like it it's very thoughtfully designed and plays great on a touchscreen, but I still feel like. My thumb's in the way a lot of the time and I'm just it just uh, I still would rather play it on a screen and play it on a, you know, on Tate mode on the switch, you know, vertical screen um, or even just not, you know, on a regular screen with arcade borders or whatever. I still would just rather play it that way. But that said, I do think it plays really satisfying, like to just like, you know, bounce the way that wall jump works kind of automatically and you can recharge both your jump and the wall jump by smashing down on other enemies and it just feels really satisfying to like start getting better at like doing the like because you can cancel like your jump at any point to do like a ground pound or cancel mm-hmm. like the to you know you just fall straight down and if you're the higher you land on either an enemy or like there'll be pots on the ground that sometimes have fruit in them um the higher you are that you smash down on those from like you will just do like a massive spring if you land on those from way above mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, I really love the gameplay. I really love how like if the the little like creature that's kind of chasing you from the bottom, like when you, if you don't uh, get the combo of fruits in time, like as long it's kind of like basketball or like football, like the buzzer beater play, like you get that last second of like as long as you're airborne before the timer ticks down, like you still can like bounce, up, especially now that I have six or seven jumps. It's like I can be like, oh, one last chance. Let me try to get this combo. So I, it there's so I have, I'm having a blast playing this game, but I'm like still being like, I wish like I it's just annoying to be like on for the I just had to play all these runs to unlock more buff slots and more like to make the game more forgiving and easier to play it's it's just a weird structure i get why it works that way but it's just annoying too but i and i didn't expect to ramble and go on that <laughs> diatribe right off the top but what, what have you been it. thinking i i know i've probably played more point p than you have but i, I know you've played a decent amount yeah i think and i think you even dug into it before i did 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually uh, got it on iPad, which I I didn't Ooh. even I didn't even realize that like yeah I could be probably playing it vertically because I am playing it with like the arcade borders where oh. um, I, I it only like occurred to me once you said that you were playing it on your phone or whatever that I was like yeah that's probably the ideal platform to do it because it is a like was was Downwell also originally a mobile game. It was, yeah, it, but it didn't have anywhere near as slick. Like it had like just straight up like the two arrows on the bottom and then a shoot button like off right. to the. So it was like it was kind of clunky, especially because in Downwell you're going down and the buttons are at the bottom of the screen, so your thumbs are really even if your thumbs aren't there, the actual buttons are kind of in the way of the action. Like because you're kind of trying to in Downwell you're really trying to look at what's coming especially if you're trying to go for combos and stuff i mean i'm sure people are amazing at that game on mobile like there's Mm -hmm. people that are good at it i'm sure but i bought it after having played it on console just being like oh i'm just gonna three bucks i'm just gonna support (laughs) the developer um but i have i have not been able to enjoy playing that game whereas point p i'm enjoying the heck out of playing it on mobile like i'm like i said I, i mean that with a grain of salt like i i still I, w- I only mean to argue with the people that are like it's it's designed perfectly for mobile. I'm like it, it would work just as good in other platforms yeah. too. It just works really well and it's very thoughtfully designed around being a mobile game. I totally agree there. Yeah, um, but I, I've actually been mostly playing with my in like index finger on like an iPad, like on my lap, not really like holding it with one hand or whatever. Just like yeah, which is is I. I I think it's controls again, like you were saying, like really well in terms of like the tactile response, um, as opposed to playing with a controller. And like, I, I didn't really like it, it never really occurred to me of like, Oh, like uh, would I prefer it like playing more as a controller game or just like, I, I, I think it, I, I, I kind of might maybe agree with the idea like, Oh, it's, it's perfectly crafted for mobile. (laughs) But, uh, well, Hey, that's what I was saying. Hey, I I was like, I know you're going to agree with Commodore Fez more than me, but I I will say that I, at least for me, I do. I think we've, we had a little bit of discussion like separately when we were first talking about this game where, uh, you know, it's the, it's the difference between a roguelike and a roguelite or like the arcade ver like, aspects yeah. of downwell versus the more progression aspects of point p where you know i at, at a certain point like i when i was playing downwell and I, I played i gave downwell a pretty fair shake i think I, I got to like maybe whatever world three i don't know what they're the the way that they describe it where like uh at least like it was a third environment as opposed to like yeah there's like four four biomes or whatever in yeah. uh, downwell and then like a final boss or whatever and i actually don't know i haven't beaten point pier i'd maybe not even come close because yeah the progression works a little differently like you get to different zones by like ranking up like filling up that meter like i was talking about earlier so you can like get to new zones pretty quickly but point p will then once you unlock more zones it'll shuffle them in randomly so after you Mm -hmm. unlock like the lava zone or the water zone like that might be now the first zone that you play which is kind of interesting i do like that uh mix up of like oh every time you play it's like gonna be fresh that's that's cool i actually haven't gotten to that part yet but like with with downwell at the very least like i i got to a point where i was like okay i'm i kind of feel like i've plateaued and i don't know if i'm necessarily like interested enough to like really like dedicate myself and get better and be like yeah i'm gonna beat this game by like just playing this over and over again until like i actually improve and get good enough to beat this game whereas like point b it it, as like the the mobile like more casual 
uh, like w- progression system or whatever. Like I, I was definitely like, like every run was at least accomplishing something and that I was moving forward and unlocking a new thing or like getting a new buff, getting a new buff slot. And at the very least I was like, it wasn't necessarily like oppressive is too much of a like way to describe it. But like at, at, yeah. at a certain point I was like, I, I think I've seen all that I am willing to see in Downwell. Whereas like point B I'm like, Hey, if I come back and like, I don't know, a month after having not played it or like even a year of having not played it. Like I can pick it back up and like I will have done something productive with my time, which is a whole other thing. But like, no, but I know what you mean, like especially if it since it is on like a phone or on your iPad or whatever, like if it is like, hey, you and Lauren are kicking back watching something that you're half invested in and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, the, the icon catches your eye and you're like, hey, let me play a couple point P runs and then. You unlock something or whatever. I guess I I just kind of like kind of like an even in Dead Cells is kind of like the obvious example of like you're, you have no chance to beat that game on your first try until right. you unlock a bunch of new weapons and a bunch of new this and that or whatever. But uh, have you played any of the puzzle mode in Point P? I haven't even unlocked puzzle mode. I don't think. So it's like I really like how like with like the start of your runs, like uh, there's like that interactive like title menu screen and you can like jump up and slam down on the like creature that chases you up to the top. Or you can either jump to the room to the left where you can like there's kind of like a slot machine where you can like buy the new buffs and upgrades or whatever that you can use or and equip or whatever. Or you can go off to the right. And if you go there at first, when you only have a jump or two, you won't be able to get up there. But there's like a throne chair like hanging up at the top. And once you have like three or four jumps, you can like I can't remember how many I had by the time I got up there, but you can knock it down and then you go and sit on that throne. And it's so cute. Like the I, I think the main character's name is Point P. Maybe the maybe the creature that chases you is Point P. <laughs> um, but uh, like Point P gets in like this little pose and like puts like the thumb on their like like they're like thinking and like sitting on the chair. And then there's like a bunch of puzzle levels that are like, hey, collect all the fruit and Whatever. Uh, I've only done like five or maybe 10 of them. I can't remember how if I did the first row or the first two, but it kind of uh, uh, Commodore Fez was saying in the discord. And I I totally agree with this. Like that does a good job of kind of teaching you like I got better at doing that, like cutting off my jumps and stomping because I had to learn like, okay, I got to recharge my jump on that pot. Mm -hmm. So I have to land on that pot. And the only way that at least that I can see to do it is to uh, like slam down on it and cut my jump off. But it does. They didn't feel. They didn't feel totally scripted, though, like in the sense that there's only one solution to this. Right. It felt like, you know, it's dynamic enough of a game, expressive enough of a game where, um, yeah, it felt like you could really kind of like, oh, I like oh, I didn't think I was going to make it. But I that wall jump just got me there. So I don't know. I'm I'm torn in a lot of ways, but I'm having a blast and I love the music, which is if I, funny because I know the first mm-hmm. time you played, you were like, hey, is there any music or any sound? Because I had put my thing on silent and that same like, with my phone. Yeah. It. Yep. Yeah, but the music is amazing. Really gives me like Yoshi's Island and just like mm, Yoshi yeah. game vibes. Like it's got that like kind of cheerful, bright energy, almost a little bit grating. Like I usually end up muting it after a few runs because <laughs> I'm like, it's got that like high pitch, at least out of the phone speakers. It gets right. a little bit uh, grating, but maybe if I put some headphones on. But yeah, really cool, charming game. Um and another random, I guess, well, I guess random, because nobody's pl- apparently playing these Netflix games. Yeah. Uh, every time I've mentioned that, every time I've mentioned Point P, nobody even knows it exists, even though it's from the Downwell developer. Not that that's the hugest game in the world, but it's a pretty well-known indie game. Yeah. And then uh, Into the Breach, which we talked about recently on the podcast, after it just got the massive update, thanks to like 
getting picked up or whatever published or this new version, whatever you want to call it, Netflix uh, put it out. But it, we've been digging in on Switch, and I know you've been playing quite a bit more than me. I've, like I said, I didn't bring my Switch home with me on the vacation, but I, I did the first time, and that's when I really dug in. But I still, I didn't get a chance to play with any of the other squads. I've still been playing with Blitzkrieg. I'm you just gotta, addicted. Like you just like I've got to win with that squad before I move on because my i'm just in the headspace of like this is how the puzzles work this is how the game works but then then the puzzles work completely differently which with each squad it's so i love that i just don't want to I just don't want to shift my mindset because I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to start struggling. But then you start thinking about everything like this game makes you think about puzzles in so many different ways. Like it is. uh, It's kind of incredible. Like we've said this before. Yes. (laughs) I like we've we've I like I don't think it's hyperbole. Like I think this is one of the greatest developed game like the boat. It's a master perfectly crafted games of all time. Like, yeah, it is unbelievable because like, yeah, I've played. A couple, uh, I think I played the Heat Sinkers and the Mist Walkers, uh, and then I just uh, unlocked the Arachnophiles. And like yeah, those I are you mentioning that? Yeah, the, they're all new squads because like they it basically like doubled the amount of squads that you have in the game. In addition, okay, to I was adding- wondering that. I was wondering that because I remember at first you were like, oh, I don't there were already a second page. And I was like, oh, I, I don't remember that. But I remember you. I was like, oh, maybe they just added a couple new ones. But OK, yeah, they yeah. did pretty much double down. The, like it's not an entirely a double, but it, it's it's almost like it, the yeah, amount they of added things. a lot. They added yeah. so much new content in addition to like new challenges, new like uh, content in it. But like the. <sighs> Just like from the like the first two that I unlocked, which were the heat sinkers and the mist walkers, like those completely revamp and are like based around like different environment things that you can do do, and like it 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 just like unlocks like entirely new parts of my brain, like doing solving puzzles, and I was like, God, I like I I don't get this, and I especially don't get this with a game that has been out for years. Like, yeah, this yeah. is so wild. And and like you said, I think what makes it such a masterpiece is because like f- like for real, like they just pretty much, you know, give or take a few or a couple squads. They pretty much doubled down on the squads. And this game could really for real exist with just one of the squads. Like yeah. it could be and it would be a totally robust, awesome, r- tactical roguelike game. I mean, it obviously wouldn't have the depth that it does have. But they could, you know, have a bunch of they could add different types of challenges even more than they have, I'm sure. And like it could be a, that could be a standalone game in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were just like, OK, we already already had like I think there were like eight or ten in the base game or mm-hmm. twelve or something. And yeah, they added maybe eight or ten or twelve more. Uh, not not that many, but like, I don't know, six or eight or however many. But it's just crazy that like essentially each of those could be a standalone game in the sense that they are their own like pretty bespoke mechanics that make every yeah make you rethink every single enemy every environment every everything and and like we've only like really only been talking about like the gameplay part of it but honestly i think the setting and like win and fail states are like so 
incredible in the idea of like it like and that they make sense within the setting of like the like permadeath and, and the, like a like, doomed timeline like yeah, yeah when like oh like you fucked up and you like completely failed on this run is like all right i'm just jumping to a next timeline see if i can save that version and i was like this fucking rules like yeah, every all the little dialogue bits like there's Ugh. not a ton of writing but the little bit that's there is like such great flavor like even even if it's just the little like comic book style like speech bubbles that pop up like daddy the vecker here or yeah. whatever yeah. I, I guess well they're not celebrating when the vecker here but right. you know whatever whatever the little like you know the buildings once, when they're like yeah yeah you get used fire. to it like there's yeah there's a lot of the same stuff after a while but like it's just it adds a little extra flavor to the game and the music again we could just i could gush about ben prunty all Dude. day long oh god just a master. I Every get some like aspect. Donkey Kong. I get some like Donkey Kong Country vibes at times from the soundtrack. Just like in the like moody atmosphere, like some of the kind of underwater yeah. levels or something. Like I don't know. I'm just like yes. I'm just like again because I did all those streams like with the headphones on. I'm just like man. I'm just like vibing out to this game right now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's really. I'm, I really hope that the Netflix games pick up a little bit in the sense that, like, I'd love for more people to discover these games because um, I was kind of surprised. Like, I made a few posts on I might have even said this when we talked about the game before, but I made a few posts on our different social medias and like just saying like, oh, yeah, hooked on this game again and didn't make a mention of what the game was because I figured everybody would know. And people are like, oh, hey, what's the name of this game? Or I posted like our stream video and like, oh, thank God somebody posted this. Like I've been looking to find this game somewhere. And like somebody even said like, hey, the person sitting next to me on the plane was playing this and I was wondering what game it was. Nice. Um, but I thought like I almost I almost felt bad that I didn't put the name of the game because I was like, oh man, maybe more people didn't know this game. I thought it was like one of those like, yeah, almost like Downwell level, like indie, you know, massive hit. Everybody knows this game. There's always yeah, going to be someone who doesn't know, like, it's, yeah, again, back to that. What we always say, there's just a million games. Yeah. Can't keep track of all of them. So, um, yeah, why don't we uh, toss it uh, over to you? I know you've been kind of wrestling between uh, a few different games here. And I guess, well, while we're on the sort of Netflix track, we can sort of talk about some subscription or I, guess, I don't know. Is, is, is Can you do a subscription based situation here? Kind of. So we've been I, I know that I've mentioned it like offhand a couple times i think i may have done like a full in-depth episode maybe when i first started playing uh genshin impact um yeah but like it's mostly i think every like recurring reference to the game i think we've kind of been like maybe couched it in as like yeah i'm still playing this game and whoof i have a lot of complicated feelings <laughs> about how i'm still playing this game yeah, and, I've been under the impression of you been like it's free, I'm hooked, and it's yeah. very fun, it's very good, but there's a lot of issues in the sense of like yeah. And and I, I think like the the tone that we're gonna go for this segment, I think, is a, a little bit more critical of just in the environment in general, because I it, yeah. especially like I, I think uh there was a recent, I don't know if it was a New York Times article where it was like basically just a wholesale ad for like uh online sports gambling and like it was i don't think i saw that yeah yeah it, it was like so like kind of nakedly just like an ad almost for like online sports betting and oh, was it the one that was like it's just inevitable. it's inevitable anyway yeah yes. yeah i did see that yeah yeah and like there's 
I've I've got a lot of complicated feelings about Genshin Impact in in light of like I don't know what you would even call it like the atomization of like gambling in like yeah. in, as an industry at large. Um, there is a really good uh, episode of Game Study Study Buddies, which is a podcast I listen to. Uh, that was specifically about uh, this, the book Addiction by Design, and it is talking a lot about how uh, gambling as a industry, you know, obviously like preys upon people with gambling addictions, but like it is so tailor made to like funnel like people with uh, addiction into giving as much money as possible and making it as easy as possible to like. siphon as much money away from those people who have like addiction yeah nobody knows what a slot machine is doing like what even the few times i've like gone to a casino i usually don't do the slot machines but like even when i win a little bit which i never do but even when i do like win one on like a pole of the handle or whatever i never know why like i'm like why did what what lined up here i don't know why i just won and and there is like Honestly, like the world of difference between like physical in-person gambling and like these online gambling like conglomerates the, or like, like there's like all these like sports betting apps and stuff yes. now, you know, like you can just like if you're in the right. I think you still have to be in like a certain state or whatever, but it um, is. So it's not nationwide yet, but it will be. I'm yes. sure. I mean, it has never been easier it's inevitable. to completely. Yeah. <laughs> but it is so easy for you to just completely annihilate your life like at, at the push of a button and that is what all of these like the industry of sports betting and like a gotcha games in general is just like an unbelievably efficient way of like just siphoning wealth off of people who have like have issues and addictions that they can't control like yeah because it's like it's not like somebody's like addicted to games they just have an addictive personality like anybody like i have i feel like i have an addictive personality in the sense that like i get like real like thankfully with the pursuing pixel stuff the podcast videos and everything like i've been really kind of like maintained focus on games for a long time but i always kind of do a thing where like I get really into games for a while and then I'm really into movies and then I'm really into music. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm always like kind of like one track mind. Like I get kind of addicted to stuff. Like I, I can feel it. So I'm always like, okay, I gotta, gotta keep that in mind that I definitely can feel that pull of stuff. So like, yeah, I just avoid stuff like this altogether. Thankfully I don't have a huge draw to it anyways, but yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I totally know what you mean. The the main issue that I've been having with Genshin Impact as a, a game is that it is a game. It is a worldwide phenomenon at this point, and it yeah. has like some of the highest production values and like such a responsive like d- like it on a daily basis of just like patches and like fully voiced cutscenes and characters and like in-depth story and really satisfying mechanics and progression loops and it is an incredibly well-made game and the only way that a game of this like size and production value can be made is if it is 
on a worldwide global scale preying on people's addiction and like yeah it there is a reason why every month it makes hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> like it, it and it is not because it's oh it's just a great game and like people like me are you know like oh i'm gonna like spend five dollars this month and like get whatever in-game currency like uh because i feel like it it is specifically like ruining people's lives and yeah like that is a thing that i'm like uh, there's a reason why i haven't brought it up on the podcast even though i'm literally playing this game every day and thinking that this is an incredible like like you're having a blast yes, playing it's it. a, this is a, an objectively good game in my eyes but it is this game would not exist if it wasn't just ruining people's lives and now how much I wonder how much of that, like, could you buy stuff like, because I feel like this is almost like the new, not, uh, there's other games too in in this category, but like kind of like the new World of Warcraft in that regard, where it's like, yeah, people like, but I feel like that was more, like, but I guess, yeah, people would sell the characters for like crazy amounts of money, but I feel like it was more about like people just wasting their time, or not, but like that was, you you had to have a PC that could play it, you could, you had to have an internet connection in the early 2000s that could play it. And it it. wasn't cheap, the like monthly fee wasn't cheap, I think it was like 20 bucks a month, or maybe it was 10 or whatever, but it wasn't like negligible. But this Um, is like, you can, there's no limit, like you, like. There's and the game's free up front. Yes. I feel like that's that's what makes it so playable, much more predatory. It's 100% playable on mobile. Like if you have a phone, you have a like console that can yeah, run this and, game. And these days if you have a kid that you're like ever sending anywhere without you as a parent, like if you if you if they don't have a phone, you're like almost being irresponsible. Yeah. Um, you know, in a, in some ways, you know, obviously you can argue both sides of the point, but like um, you know, if you're like sending them to school, you want them to be able to call, Hey, I got to come home earlier. Well, you know, you want to probably give them a phone and then, you know, you can put the child protections on there or whatever, but they can probably still figure out a way to download a yeah. game, you know? And it's at, at some point, like you can't just throw your hands up in the air and say, well, it's up to like people's own responsibility to like make sure right. that they're not like taken advantage of is like, no, like there, there needs to be at least like you know before sports betting was ubiquitous everywhere before it was inevitable like there were (laughs) laws that banned it and like there was a reason why you couldn't do that and like unfortunately i don't think that that's a, a possibility especially for something that like you know uh Genshin Impact is a like, Chinese-made game, and it is a worldwide thing. And then, unless every country like comes together and like has regulations like specifically against it, yeah. like it's there's there's no there's no chance of that like genie going back in the bottle. And I I also feel like you know there's been a lot of uh, the word isn't that I'm looking for isn't crunch because crunch has an entirely different connotation in this context. But like, yeah, when you're, when it's constant crunch, yeah. but there, but like triple a games have had like kind of a pairing down in like, there aren't as many giant like triple a games that come out because they've gotten so expensive to make. And like they, they, right. They take so many years to make that the investment isn't there really for a lot of these companies to make these games of these size, unless you're Nintendo or like an insta- naughty dog or some established like decades old studio. 
And I'm really frightened that people are going to look at how like Genshin Impact is making like money hand over fist and be like, well, let's just let's just open it same thing and maybe maybe even subvert it even more like how can we make it even more how can we make even more money with this formula put in less work and make the same amount of money or right and like it's and and again who even knows i i think you've touched on this before when we've talked about the game in the past but like who even knows about and you touched about it just a second ago but like the crunch factor for the employees working on the game like who knows what the you know the work culture is there at the studio yeah it's so, it's a good game. <laughs> like, I'm glad you're still enjoying it. I mean, it's it's, it's so again for me. Good, it's so easy like, to I jump. I feel awful. Like I I truly do. Just like I I don't know. Like it's it's the it's the best game that I will never recommend to another person. Just because like I. I, I feel so gross. Like, well, it's like me when I'm like uh, torn between, like, a, you know, I, I think I mentioned all that. Every time I mention, like, oh, I got this on Amazon Prime or yep. I ordered this on Amazon, I'm like, oh, I should cancel that by now. And I still haven't. I still have, yep. still have got my Amazon Prime and like, I'll get a game. But like, when I'm sitting there and I'm torn between, like, okay, I'm going to make some videos and I'm like, okay, I got, I could play this cool game that I got on Amazon Prime or I could play this cool game that I got in the Itch.io bundle for racial justice and equality. Which one am I going to play? I'm going to yeah. play the game from yeah. the bundle because I just I would rather give some love to that, even though, you know, at the end of the day, there's good. It has nothing to do really. I, and hopefully, like we've talked about with Game Pass and stuff, I hope when they're on like Amazon Prime or Epic or whatever, when they're like these free games, if you're subscribed to these services or Netflix or whatever it might be, I hope the developers, publishers and whatever are getting a decent yeah deal and kickback on those ends because uh, I'm, you know, I'm. I do like reaping the rewards on those fronts as far as Game Pass goes, especially. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, I definitely Ugh. feel you. It's hard to it's hard to like get behind it, you know? Yeah. But But Yeah, I know I was gonna say I know you've been torn between a few I, other games. Uh, I'm playing some other games that I did the normal thing of I paid for them once and now I'm just enjoying them for dozens and dozens of hours. And kind of the more like traditional triple A yeah, style honestly. games. Although although Monster Hunter is a little bit like that kind of like living game that they keep, you know, yeah. adding more to it, you know, but with a within reason. Oh, <laughs> with it's a scope. So, it's so funny, especially with Monster Hunter Rise in that specific instance, is where it's like there have been cases where I'm like, okay, I'm not like I don't really want to like, you know, spend the the time that I'm logging in today, like progressing or like trying to tackle like the next big monster. But I don't really have any goals. So I'm like, you know what? I I'm just going to hop into some random battles for other people and just like help them through it. Like just like put in my dues, like helping the community out, like not even doing things for my own selfish gain. I'm just like, yeah, I'll log into some lower level ranks and like just help people through and like start doing like there are so many like meme communities of people who are like, all right, we're going to like try to only like stun lock this enemy the entire time or like so i'm not i'm not doing anything like that but there are a few times where i'm like going into like low rank stuff and i'm like i'm only i I play light bow gun i was like yeah i'm only using the like normal ammo that you have i'm not doing anything that does like actual damage i'm just kind of like hanging out making sure nobody's dying if anybody is like in danger then i'll step in but like, like coach john almost yeah like I, i'm I'm not trying to like 
I don't know, and steal the spotlight, just trying to help people yeah. out. But like that, it's been fun. Like it's such a all the new things that they've added to the game. Like they have, like I, when I first played the game and I was playing essentially single player, and like they kind of added a whole thing now where you're essentially playing you kind of have to play it single player where you're playing with companions and like npcs that you're playing in the games i've been playing a ton of the like tower defense mode which was the new thing that they added like in rise that like i really wasn't into i only did it as i like had to to progress the story but then like now i'm like you know what i'm just gonna do all that for the time being like yeah I'll, i'll each one takes a even longer than a normal match or whatever but like you because you're fight it's you're fighting hordes of monsters instead of just one like you're doing 10 times damage each time and that just feels good to see like suddenly like the one shot i'm pulling off does like a thousand damage i'm like this feels great i love this <laughs> like yeah and they they do like the little bit i've seen of you play the game and, and the game in action like they do a pretty good job of that in those games of like the the heavy hits feel heavy like oh, when you yeah. land a when you land a heavy blow on an enemy or whatever you're mm-hmm. like okay yeah that's that felt nice uh but yeah i've been playing a, a lot of monster hunter rise but also i've been equally splitting my time like anytime like i start playing that game for a little bit longer i'm like ah but i really want to play some more xenoblade chronicles 3 and like i was i'm honestly very very pleasantly surprised with that game as a whole just because like when i beat uh or when i bought xenoblade chronicles 3 i wasn't even like specifically going to buy that game i was just like Eh, I guess, you know, I kind of have an obligation, like, I've played this series, like, two, like, three, I guess, out of the Xenoblade games, yeah. so I was like, I, I should probably just buy this one, because, uh, like, I, I did enjoy it, but I wasn't, like, super excited even when that game came out, and then when I beat Xenoblade Chronicles 2 before I started 3, and then, like, started playing 3, I was like, nope. I'm so hooked into the series. Like, I can't believe I didn't buy this game day one. And like, well, they was- sort of like, I feel like it just kind of came out out of nowhere. And maybe it's just because I knew I wasn't going to get it and yeah. wasn't paying full attention. And I've been busy with moving and stuff. So I'm not like on top of everything. But I do feel like all of a sudden, like in the Nintendo channel and our Discord, people were just like, talking about xenoblade and i was like wait what it's out already i love our xenoblade channel in the discord (laughs) (laughs) i love it it goes it goes Uh, hard every now and then i love it i mean i'm still so far behind because like yeah they're doing their best to not like get spoilers but i'm still like only in chapter four of that game and like you were over the other day and which chapter four 60 hours into the game by the way (laughs) Which, to be fair, you do play pretty thoroughly when you're yes. playing through games. Like, not necessarily 100% every last thing, but I feel like you are, like, a take your time while you're playing. Not necessarily DJ pace, like, yeah. you're tiptoeing through the game, but you're definitely a, a thorough player. That is that. That is a very generous way to describe how I play. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I was playing through, and I was trying to show you some of the mechanics, and, like, we, we got to this big cut scene, and you're like, whoa, is this, like... 
an important like is this like a climax i was like felt like the end of the game there's there's like a climax every hour in this game like everything is the highest stakes everything is so melodramatic and i love it i love every second of it how like overwrought everything is it's so oh it's a blast i'm i'm loving it well, it's almost like in my mind, I'm kind of thinking about it now. I'm like, well, if you had like a story arc that essentially played out because it's it's very anime and it's like energy and everything. Oh, yeah. So like if you had a story arc of like a full season of an anime show of like, yeah, even, I had been like 24 it. episodes and like every one of those episodes usually has like a huge climax scene. Not every show, obviously, that some of them have like, you know, the build up or whatever. But mm-hmm. a lot of those shows have like one big battle at the end of every show. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, if Xenoblade is kind of like that. Okay, you're working your way through like each kind of episode of the story. Um, not that it's necessarily broken up in that structure, but yeah, I was I was really dig. I mean, I know, you know, I know more than well enough by now to not play this game, not yes. because it's not good, but just because I'm <laughs> not, not going to play you. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I was pretty impressed with everything you were showing. Like the menus are really I'll let you dig into it. But yeah, I was just like I was really digging it or I was really digging mm-hmm. everything that I saw in action um, as you were digging into the game. Yeah, I think I think I'll save like a, a meteor discussion for another episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially with when Randall gets back on, uh, just because yeah, there's more JRPG uh, yeah. synergy between you two. Yeah, and but like, yeah, I, I've kind of also readjusted how I've uh, approached the game because I know in Xenoblade Chronicles Two, like I was really burnt out on like all the cutscenes, and like uh, the way that I've yeah. approached Three is I've kind of like anticipated that and been like all right i'll play this game when i'm in the mood to like play a bunch and then also just sit back and watch a bunch like i'm not gonna play it if i'm like not in the mood to also just set the controller down for like a full 30 minutes like and and like essentially watch like an episode of a tv show like it's and it's always ridiculous there's always something new happening and i'm i'm like so much more I think relaxed in my approach than maybe how I was with two or even one, which God, that was decade over a decade ago at this point when I first played one. Oh boy, God. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a trip and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll go back to Xeno saga and Xeno gears at one point, but I'm, I'm just enjoying it right now. Yeah. That's good to hear though. Good to hear that. Like uh, you went from like, being like not necessarily thinking like I'm going to grab this right away and then getting like, oh, okay, I'm swept up in the excitement. Cause I do that every time too. Yeah. Like I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm not going to play this day one or I'm not going to buy it right away. And then, okay, it's the release date's getting a little closer. Let me pre-order it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I even cracked, uh, we'll, we'll save it for later. I don't, I don't even think Randall's had a chance to dig into it yet, but that demon throttle game, mm. um, that had like, it was originally like, it's apparently it's going to be a game on switch. That's physical only, um, from Devolver, and it's actually from the developer of uh, Gato Roboto, and it's like a top-down, uh. like ground-based uh, shoot 'em up. But you're like, you know, like vertically scrolling. At least the clips I've seen, and it's like you're just like walking vertically, but it's like, I, yeah, you're on the ground. I think you might even be able to jump and stuff. But it looks really awesome. It's got like a really great like eight-bit aesthetic. Just 
really awesome. And I was like, ah, oh, it's, but it's a limited run or I forget which company was putting it out, but I was like, oh, I got to pre-order it on like a special website. Okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let that game go by me and whatever. And then Randall ordered it and our buddy Paradigm ordered it. And I was like, shit, they're going to get it. And I'm going to be <laughs> so fucking mad. And Paradigm got his, and I'm pretty sure Randall got his. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, God damn it. And then I was on Amazon prime of, uh, well, just yeah. Amazon, but uh, on Amazon, I saw that they had Demon Throttle on there, and it's not like the collector's edition that has like the slip case and the cool everything. But I was like, "Shit, I can't pass up on this twice." And the, yeah. and I don't have to like make an account on some website and make you know. I was like, "It's I can just order it right now." So I was like, "Shit," and I'm gonna order the Turtles uh, Shredders <laughs> yep. collection, which they keep they keep pushing the date of that back. It was supposed to uh come out at the end of august and now it's like saying the end of september and i who knows when that's going to come out because i was going to try to sync up with glenn and play that right. on switch or we were yeah we were talking we're about all gonna that. yeah yeah but uh i guess just real briefly uh since i mentioned our buddy uh paradigm whose actual name is ben i feel like i feel so weird sometimes when i'm talking yeah to him, i'm call i call him paradigm and like when him and i are just chatting all the time and i'm like oh i feel like an idiot and then but i also am like that's what he goes by online so i should yep. just call him that i don't know but regardless my buddy Ben and our pal Paradigm. Um, oh, I didn't even I didn't mean to do a double alliteration uh, there. But anyways, mm. um, we've been doing some of these streams, uh, not actually on our Twitch channel, but on the uh, Indie Game Collective channel, which he's kind of like the head honcho over there and got things started. Um, and yeah, we uh, have been doing these kind of tag team streams where we'll just like pick a handful of demos. And part of the reason I wanted to mention this on the podcast is because I found it pretty funny. The first I think we've done three, maybe four of these streams now. At first, we were like. We're going to do one every week. And then we're like, OK, maybe every other week. OK, maybe every month. OK. every, <laughs> And then like in the first one, we did five games each. And then we were like, how about four next time? And then Ooh. this one, we were like, how about let's do three each? And then like he even texted me beforehand, like, hey, let's try to keep it to two hours. Yes. I was like, you want to cut it to two games? He's like, no, no, we can still do three. So <laughs> we did three games each. But by the end, like I d- he did his three first and I did my three second. And like I was just like, OK, let's just rip through these like I'm getting tired because oh, um, we didn't start until like eight o'clock at night. But I just thought it was so funny, like how we've like not necessarily devolved. It's actually just like, let's rein in the scope and make it more reasonable and reasonable and not like burn through all the demos that we want to check out in one night. There's too many Um, games, man. Exactly. But, uh, but I did want to give a, just a quick shout out to two that I played. I checked out three, um, one that I already have a video for, which is the only reason I'm going to skip over that one, uh, Roto Force, but I will recommend that game very highly. But uh, I did check out uh, this game called Bat Boy, and I just played the first level and a half of this game. And like at, a, at first glance, I mean, you're, you just see it in action. It's like a another kind of 8-bit looking NES inspired uh, you know, puzzle platformer, like, it, you know, very Shovel Knight-esque. I hate just like comparing a game to another game all games the time. exist to be compared to be other games <laughs> it is what it is um but it but it very much and i'm glad that it because I, I don't think like a game should just have a monopoly like if somebody it shouldn't be like hey shovel knight was awesome so nobody else should ever be able to make a 8-bit nes flavored inspired yeah you know neo retro platformer so uh and this game has very much it's like own set of mechanics again it's bat boy so you're playing as like this baseball kid and a lot of the enemies are actually like throwing baseballs at you and you actually can like hit them right back as like they're like you know almost like projectiles and you can slap them back at the enemies but you can even like if you're holding down up or down you can like hit that baseball or that projectile on a 45 degree angle so there might be like a switch it gets very like kind of puzzly because you can also hold down like a charge mechanic where you like if you hold it down long enough you throw your bat and then it will like spin in place like 
in its designated spot at like the end of the arc of the throw or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you can land on that bat as like a double jump. So you don't have like a regular double jump, but it's almost like a like a bounce pad platform. And so it gets pretty even in just like the first level and a half that I played, it gets pretty puzzly on like the just traversing through the like main course of the level, which is not what I expected. I kind of just expected hack and slash retro platformer. And it's like, oh man, this is like very much like I, I don't say that uh shovel knight comparison lightly. Like I think this has like potential to be like, you know, maybe they not they might not be able to squeeze like eight games out of it yes. and turn it into a full <laughs> franchise, but like I very much think this could be like on that part. Like the music was awesome. The pixel art was amazing. The controls were amazing. Like I, I almost like was glad that I cut it short on the demo stream because I was just like, oh, nice. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be spoiled on any of the like, you know, it's, I basically just played like the tutorial and learned to, you know, saw a little bit. But it was so even the second stage was like not even a, it was a snow level, but it was also like a feudal Japanese level as well. Like it was like doubly themed. I was like, man, I'm. I don't want to spoil this if they're going to really be like mixing it up that much from stage to stage. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah. When you hit the enemies, they kind of like roll and like kind of bowl into one another. It's just so cool. And uh, I also played and I'll just mention this really briefly, but I played this demo for this game called Rhythm Quest. And I think I might have even mentioned a game from the same developer, uh, Colors of Your World on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a game jam game I checked out a long time ago that had like a challenge mode, just a precision platformer that was really cool. And this game actually has a really similar, like really just pretty uh pastel pixel art aesthetic um but it's like a you know like kind of like a bit trip runner style game but unlike bit trip runner the music is synced up synced up not Mm. sunk up but synced up perfectly with like when it's synced up to when when you press the button that's Mm. on the beat to the music where like a lot of rhythm games do the thing where it's like when you're clearing the obstacle Mm -hmm. is when it's like lined up with the beat of the music so yeah. nope yeah nope. this is just done absolutely perfectly and it's done like every visual cue there's like a nice little like meter on the bottom there's like a little square almost for every beat and like you can kind of see and basically it's just a two button game you either jump or attack and then it starts throwing in these like syncopated rhythms where you have to like jump and then like time like your attack right as you land so that you can like land on a safe spot like just a really gorgeous game. I only played through the first, and it's just the demo. The game. Neither of these games are out yet, Bat Boy or Rhythm Quest, but really gorgeous, like almost 16-bit-ish pixel art, maybe 8-bit, I don't know, but whatever, really nice pixel art. And it seems like every world you play is like a different character. Like there's kind of like just this main, like, I don't know, this this girl that you play as on the first world that she didn't seem to have any specific, like, but like there was like a goose that I saw and like this samurai character and like a few other it seems like every world is like its own like flavor, but it's just gorgeous presentation, amazing music and just really solid rhythm arcade action. It seems like it would be great even on like mobile. You could just have it on like I don't know if it's supposed to come out on mobile, but you could just have like either side of the screen tap for jump and attack. It's like since it's just that two button game and it's essentially nice. like an auto scroller otherwise. So really fantastic stuff. But I think we've done enough uh, rambling and uh, gushing <laughs> at this point. Uh, more than I expected this week, but it's it's inevitable. I feel like some of these duo episodes are bound to go longer yeah. than some of the trios for whatever reason, because it's just like, ah, let's dig in. Why not? We're both here. We're yeah. sitting down for this. But yeah, as uh, as always, you can find us on the internet at uh, pursuingpixels.com. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't need to do any more rambling. So uh, until next week, we will uh, catch you then. And until then, take care.
Bye. I've been trying to not do the tongue click thing because I feel like <laughs> I feel like that cuts through audio so much, and I'm like, God damn it! I like I was so good at it until the very end. I don't mind when you do it. Like I, I, I edit some of them out when they're like, when they are just like you're just gearing up to talk. But some of them when they're like they seem appropriate when they're like a punctuation. Like, just your, like a, well, yeah, or like it's just like a, a habit of your speech. Like it's, know, you're just because sometimes you do it like it's like it's almost like the same as like a gasp kind of like yeah. you like you're almost like just re, it's like a way to react without going like <gasps> yeah you know it's like a way to just be like quickly like. Like I'm gonna chime in in a second. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but like uh, I, I, I feel, never I feel mind like it. It's one of those things that like bothers people, especially on an odd. Like is I think podcasts in particular, like it's it's something that does wouldn't bug you in like a conversation, but when you have an earbud in your, it's ear, when people listen with headphones in. Yeah, because yeah, I oh. I always listen to podcasts on just like my speaker on my phone. Yeah, and I hear it, and it but it can bug me, or I can notice it, but like it never drives me nuts but yeah if you have headphones in it's like oof that's a that's a gross sound to be right in your eardrum yeah i remember uh when uh kevin cole was on the podcast he was like oh yeah like we were talking about editing or something he's like oh yeah i usually edit out all the mouse sounds i was like uh i try (laughs) my best (laughs) Mm -hmm. 